We have been going through a series over the past month or so, and we have two more weeks left where we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Can everybody say Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, Batman, all right? It's been a series where we've been looking at God. You have God the Father, you have God the Son, but you have God the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that we've been looking at is all different kinds of traits and characteristics about the Holy Spirit. One of them was that the Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit isn't some spiritual fuel, energy, spirit. It's the Holy Spirit actually is referred to in the Bible as a person in the same way that the Son and the Father are. And so there's a real value to the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Jesus himself would speak to the Holy Spirit about the importance of it. Jesus would say it's actually better that he goes to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and for the Holy Spirit to be in your life. Jesus would say, think about that for a minute. Jesus himself would say that it's actually more beneficial for us. Everybody say us. It's more beneficial for you in your life right now that the Holy Spirit is living within you than it is for a physical Jesus to be on the earth. There is a lot of importance and significance to that statement. And that's something that we recognize that, okay, well, we know a physical Jesus would be pretty amazing, amen? So how much more amazing could it then be if we really knew the power of the Holy Spirit living within us? Can I get an amen to that? We looked at how the Holy Spirit is someone who convicts and he comforts us. And this morning, I actually want to look at one specific way that the Holy Spirit is um, relates to us, and that's as a counselor. Can everybody say counselor with me? Huh. Everybody said that so emotional. Counselor. All right. And raise your hand if you've ever heard the word counselor before in your life. Maybe you're someone in your life. I would recommend that at some point in your life, Professional counseling is something maybe that you've heard of that will be a part, or just counseling in general. Maybe when you think of the word counseling or you hear that, you imagine like a giant sofa and a room with nice pictures of a beach and encouraging quotes and a person sitting in the corner asking you questions about your feelings. Everybody say feelings with me. Feelings, all right? And it's like they're sitting there going, now how do you feel. Everybody say feel with me. Feel. And you're like, well, I feel happy and scared. And then they're like, now how do your feelings feel? All right. And you're like, ah, but counseling is something that isn't necessarily about emotions. It can, but actually a definition of what it actually is in the dictionary is someone who gives advice, but it's also, everybody say also, it's someone who gives advice, but it's also someone who supervises. In fact, another word that's used for counselor is advocate, which is what we're going to look at this morning. In fact, the Bible would be talking about God and would call him a wonderful counselor as one of the titles of how God relates to us. In fact, the word for advocate, a Bible definition of what a counselor is, is this. It's one who walks alongside of us. But also it's this, it's one who speaks to our defense. That a counselor isn't just someone who's necessary giving us advice about our present situations, about how to walk in our future, but it's also someone who is the first one to our own defense, which speaks a lot to who God is, that he's someone who is constantly fighting for us. So with that said, 
we're going to look at a scripture that talks about the Holy Spirit as an advocate and a counselor. And we come to the scripture here in John chapter 14, verse 15. Once again, that's John chapter 14, verse 15. This is a scripture where Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus actually spends a lot of time talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He's advising them. He's counseling them about the counselor. And so we read that here, and this is what he says. Verse 15, follow with me. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Everybody say advocate. To help you and be with you forever is the spirit of truth. Now the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I just want to say something about that. If you're someone that maybe has a broken family, maybe you've wondered about even your own parents and the way that God relates to you, this is God speaking directly to you that he would never leave you as an orphan or as someone without a father or a mother because of what the Holy Spirit wants to be in you. Can you just say amen with me? Will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize I am in the Father and you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, another one, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show us yourself and not to the world? And Jesus replied that anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, can everybody say advocate one more time? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can you say amen with me? That was a long just passage of scripture, and so we're going to dive into it. But I actually just want to ask you guys a question straight up before we dive into it. How many of you ever in your life asked yourself, how does God want to communicate with me? You don't need to raise your hand. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> you know. How many of you ever in your life wondered, how, how is God communicating with me? Has God spoken to me? Is he ever going to speak to me? Can I just get a nod, a yes? Anybody ever thought about that before in your life? Maybe you're sitting here. Maybe you come on Sunday mornings. Maybe you come on Tuesday nights and you're like, yeah, I hear my pastors talking about it. I hear my leaders. I hear my friends talking about it. But what about me? How do I communicate? How do I interact with God personally? Yeah, my parents say I need to do it all the time. But what about me? Can you guys say yes if that's you? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> yes, Master Jeff. Okay. So, I want you to think about something because when you look at the way that God relates to each and every one of us, 
And the way that God has related to people in the past, there have been different ways that God has, okay? God has revealed himself with his audible voice. You know there are some people that have heard the audible voice of God. And Hayden, thank you. God, they've heard the audible voice of God. Some people have seen angels. Some people have actually had dreams and visions. You know, there was one girl at a junior high camp. It was really funny. It was a couple years ago. We were praying as leaders beforehand, and we said, you know what, I feel like Jesus is in this place tonight. And during service, during a time of healing, when we were praying over one another, a girl literally saw Jesus praying over students and laying his hand and praying over students as they were bent down over them. She was just in tears. She was an absolute hot mess for a couple hours because of what she saw. It was a beautiful thing. God speaks to us in so many different ways, unique ways, meets us where we're at. I'm someone who personally hasn't heard the audible voice of God or had a vision like that in my life. But God speaks to me just in different ways. But God has a way that he wants to relate to each and every one of us. And this involves the Holy Spirit. And this is where we get into the text here and we look at a picture of how God actually wants to. The primary way that God wants to interact with each of us, whether we have the visions, whether we have the audible voice, whether there's the crazy ways that we see around us, God will intervene in our lives in special ways. I believe in that. But on the day-to-day way of relating with God, God wants to interact with us and communicate with us through the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so important to understand how the Holy Spirit is supposed to live in us and to hear his voice and to walk with him each and every day of our lives. In fact, I want you to look at, think about a verse. A lot of people in the Bible say that Moses, other than Jesus himself, Jesus was God, but Moses wasn't. But a lot of people will look at Moses and say, no one communicated with God better than Moses. He was the standard. He's the guy. In fact, if he was in the room right now and someone said, raise your hand if God relates to you or communicates with you the best. Moses could raise his hand and go, absolutely, I'm the guy. And we'd all go, you the man. Everybody say, you the man. You the man. But I want you to think about this because God would openly say, I communicate with Moses in a special way. And what it would also say is this. I want you to think about this for a minute. In Exodus 33:11, it says this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face As one speaks to a friend. Don't you think it's ironic that out of all the ways that God would say that this is the best communication, that it's one who speaks to a friend. That the closest relationship that God could have to a person would be a friendship. As God would describe himself. So this is what that means. God wants to have this tight-knit relationship with us where he's interacting, that he's speaking to us day to day. It's the back and the forth. It's the prayer. It's the listening. It's the wondering. It's the counseling. It's the wrestling that God absolutely loves. Can I get a volunteer? I need a volunteer. Come on, someone. Don't be scared. All right, my man. Come on up. Want to tell everyone your name? Kind of. Do you want to tell people your name? Chase. Let's give it up for Chase. My goodness. All right. Chase is going to be someone. Some of us think this. You just stay right there, Chase. Some of us think 
that God is up in heaven over here. Now, I want you to walk this way. This is Chase walking through his life. It's like, hey, you suck. Um, you're doing it wrong. Um, you're going the wrong way. Go that way. No, 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 no. You messed up again. Come on, kid. Some of us think that God is in heaven. Hold on right there. That's a real command. So, Some of us think that the way that God wants us to relate is God is up here in heaven and he's looking at us like a little speck. How many of you ever watched on TV like a car chase and you're seeing the person around and you're just eating your Cheerios like just kind of watching over them like you need to go that way. You need to go that way. Some of us think that God is sitting at home watching us on TV while he eats his Cheerios. All right? But God isn't standing up and saying you're doing it all wrong. I actually want to show you something. God is someone who would come up and he'd put his arm around us. And he'd say, hey, let's walk this way. Watch your foot right there. Good. That's all right. I got you. God is someone who's a friend that walks with us. Watch your step right there again. Good job, Chase. Have a seat. Get out of here. Let's give it up for him one more time. But this picture that God would be someone who would want to be so close enough to us that he'd put his arm around us and say, hey, I got your back, and I'll walk with you. Even if you make mistakes, even if you get stalled, even if you go the opposite direction, I'm with you and I'm walking with you through this together. I think that's really important to understand because that changes the whole scenario of how God wants to talk to us. Everybody say how. How God wants to talk to us is so important. Let me ask you a serious question. You don't need to answer this out loud. I would prefer that you didn't. How many of you have someone in your life that says that they care about you, that gives you instruction, but they're never there for you? I know for some of you, that could be someone as close to you as your parents. That could be someone like a coach or a leader in your life where they give you these instructions, they look at you and they say, you need to act this way. Connor, you need to act this way. Sarah, you need to act this way. And you look at them and you go, you don't even know me. You don't even give an interest of what my life is like. And in what is supposed to be instruction to help us, in fact, just hurts us even more because you would look at that person and you go, but you're not even investing the time to walk with me. You guys ever felt that before amen now i want you to think about something else stay with me guys i want you to think about someone in your life that's there for you always someone who's always has your back it could be a friend of yours it's that kind of friend that when they tell you something or they give you advice about their life it could be a parent could be a leader as well but you listen to them because you're like no they really care about me a lot and they wouldn't say that to me Unless it was something really serious. It's the kind of friend when they go, you know what? You're, you're kind of being a butthead and you need to apologize. You're like, you're right. I do need to apologize because you care about them and you know they wouldn't tell you that unless they really meant it. Everybody know what I'm talking about there? Amen. God is like that one in our lives. God is not someone who wants to be present at one moment and then out of our lives the next. God is someone who is there for us. He is in it for us. I will not leave you as orphans. He says, I will make my home within you. I am not paying rent within you. Amen. 
I'm not staying for a certain period of time until I find something better. I'm making my home, and I'm living there forever within them because I love them. God loves us enough, and he wants to interact with us on the daily through his Holy Spirit. And that gives the entire context of how God wants to relate to each and every one of us. So my question now for you guys is this. How do you build that relationship? How do you recognize God's voice? Because let me tell you something. If you're in here and you believe in Jesus and you call on him as your Lord and Savior, the word says that the Holy Spirit is living within you. You know, for me, I called on Jesus when I was in fourth grade. And that was an amazing moment. I was saved. But I'll tell you what. I didn't hear God's voice. I didn't walk in the fullness of God's voice until I was in college. So there was a little bit of a period where the Holy Spirit was within me, but I wasn't really relating to God through the basis of the Holy Spirit, and I had to learn how to do that. So how do you do that in your life? How do you learn how to interact with God living within you? I have three points for you guys this morning to how to do that. The first one is this. It starts with making space. Everybody say space for God to speak. This is something interesting. This is not only just space in your time and schedule, but space in your thoughts. When you think about what space actually looks like, not outer space, but I keep thinking about that when I say space. So, but did you know that in the Bible, it's, I think it's in Psalm 14, it says that the wicked person has no room for God in his heart. Isn't that an interesting description of what wickedness looks like? It's like there's no room for God to speak no room for God to do anything. And because of that, you can't hear God's voice. You can't even see God. doesn't mean that you don't want God in your voice. It just means that there's no space for him at all. Let me ask you something. How many of you ever had a friend in your life? Someone who just talks a lot. Amen? Oh, yeah. Look at yourselves, all right? You're like, wow, all my friends say that they have one, but I don't know who it is. It's like, ha ah. So, how many of you have ever tried to have a conversation with someone who talks a lot, and you're like, hey, you need to, and they're like, and then you're like, that's great, what'd you do for lunch? And it just, and you realize that you're not even talking, but you're like, you're just listening to them the whole time. You can't even talk to them. Amen? It's like, I can't even talk to you. You don't even give me time to talk to you. <laughs> so I turn to your neighbor and go, shh. But I want you to think about something with God as well. I think it's interesting. This was me. Growing up. This is what I was like, and I know this is how some of you can resonate with this in the room. How many of you talk at God? You just talk at him, God, you need to do this. God, why haven't you done this? God, where are you in this right now? But there's no space for him speaking back. But there's no space for him to teach you anything. In fact, one of the first commands of the Father about Jesus, he says, this is my son whom I've chosen. And he says, listen to him. Isn't that interesting? This is my son. He says, I need you to listen. He doesn't say, I need you to speak to him. I need you to tell him everything that you know. He says, no, actually the command, recognizing who God is, is listening. You've got to be a great listener to who God is. And so you have this relationship with God where you're not just talking at him about stuff, 
but you're actually making space for him to speak back. This is what that would look like. So you could go throughout your day and you're like, God, this person is really annoying me. How many of you have someone in your life that can be quite annoying at times? Oh, absolutely. But now I want you to think about this for a minute, guys. Stay with me. That instead of telling God what he's like, this is what the person's like, and this is what needs to happen. Good. You just told God how to be God. Probably not the best thing to do, how to interact. What if you said, God, how should I handle this situation? God, what do you think about this? God, can I ask you a question? What should I do in this situation? Show me what to do. Do you see the difference in that? Uh, Will, DeVore's guys back there. Nick, thank you. Um, What if you just asked God instead and gave him the opportunity? Or you said, you know what? I'm going to present this to God and then I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for God to answer instead of telling him what to do and when he needs to do it and how he needs to do it. You know what that's called? That's called testing God. The word is clear that we should not test God. Everybody say test. Test is saying, God, you need to meet my standards in order to be proven as God. But we're not the ones who determine who's God and who's not. Amen? We're called to trust God. Everybody say trust. Trust is looking at God and saying, Lord, this is what my life is like, but this is who you are. And I trust your standards even before mine, and that will play out in my very life. So making space, it's not only making space within your day to maybe sit down. This is the significance of the word, which I'm going to talk about in a split second. Or just space throughout your day, but just space in your thoughts. Lord, what do you think about this? Maybe something's happening through school. You're just going through the grind. You're going from class to class. You're going to lunch. You're starving, and you just got to go, wait, I need to pause. I need to, I just need to talk to God about what's going on in my heart. Or I need to pray for that person that I just interacted with. Or you know what? That didn't feel right. Maybe I need to apologize for what just happened. Making space throughout your day looks like that. Amen? Next point works with it well, and it's regarding the Bible. And the Bible is absolutely key to hearing God's voice in your life. Psalm 119.105 says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Zamari, can you put up that verse? Thank you. That your word, everybody say word. Word. The word is a lamp to our feet. Have you ever been in a place in your life where it's been pitch black and you literally can't see in front of you and you're like moving your hands around? Maybe you went on a hike. I remember I went into this place called the Ape Caves that are up in Washington. It's like these lava tunnels that are underground. It's freezing, but it's completely pitch black. There are rocks everywhere. You're going like 0.5 miles an hour while you're climbing through all these rocks but you can't see anything. You literally can't see an inch in front of you because of how dark it is. What God says is that your life and the way that you walk through life is like walking through a tunnel that you can't even see an inch in front of you and that God's word is like that lantern that will always keep burning, that it gives you the ability to not only see but to make the right decisions in front of you. You know, it's funny, for a book... I would just say that this is revelation of who God is, God's story of how he loves humanity, revelation of God's heart. For me personally, growing up, I never read the Bible. I was a Christian, but I never opened my Bible. I mean, I couldn't even tell you Matthew, Mark, Jimmy, John were my 
like four gospels. And but it's so funny because I was someone growing up. How many of you are like the prayer dude where you're like, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. And what is two feet from me the entire time, my entire life growing up? This is an article. Go ahead and put that up from the Babylon Bee. It's a complete sarcasm article. And it says, man sitting literally three feet away from Bible, ask God to speak to him. And so it's, it's a sarcasm of local man Steve Harrison. Everybody say Steve. Poor Steve. Steve Harrison's in the world. Go ahead and go, ha, 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 ha. It's a good fake laugh. Sarcasm. So, you can go ahead and take that off. Is, is, is Mari. Everybody go, is Mari. Can you go, yeah, thank you. So, but I want you to think about that for a minute because... If somebody told you that somebody sat down and wrote 1,300 pages and over 800,000 words worth of content to reveal himself to you, you would say that's probably pretty important. Amen? And yet, that's exactly what God did for each and every one of us to reveal himself. And so, what I would say is you can always pray for God to reveal himself to you but never at the expense of what he already has given to us. You know, for me growing up, that was something that I was someone telling, God, I need you to speak to me. God, I need you to speak to me, but I'll never open up the word. God, I just don't have time for that. God, I have school to take care of. I have grades to take care of. And you know what? That's fine if you want to do that. But how hypocritical was it of me then to turn around and go, God, why aren't you revealing yourself if I couldn't even give him the day or time to be able to open the word? Then there came a day in my walk with Jesus where I said, you know what, I need to figure this out. I have no clue what this is, okay? I need to figure out where I'm starting. I need to figure out what the books are about. Um, I, need, I have so many questions about it. So I just started. I just started reading. I started asking questions. All I knew was I just needed to do it. Okay, it doesn't mean that I'm able to understand everything that I'm reading. It doesn't mean that I understand everything about the Bible even yet. I don't think we'll understand everything about it because of how deep it is. But day to day, took time one day, took time the next day. Days became a week. Weeks then turned into months. And all of a sudden, now years have gone by where just little by little, you begin to understand and you begin to learn about God. You cannot learn about God in an entire day. In fact, I would say this. If the only times that you're learning about God are during a 15 to 20 minute sermon on a Sunday morning, God's going to be sold very short in your eyes because there's so much to learn about him. And there's so much to understand about him. doesn't mean what we do isn't important. It just means there are way more important things that are happening than this right now. Amen. God has revealed himself through his word. And that is one of the major, major factors that God uses to be able to speak to each and every one of us. Because think about this for a minute. The Bible is the place where you learn about God. Oh, God is loving. God forgives. God is patient. God is just. God is honest. So you begin to learn about the characteristics of God. You begin to learn about his heart. And then all of a sudden, you hear something in your heart. And you're like, God, was that you? How many of you have ever heard something and you're like, God, was that you? Um, In your heart. I'm not really sure. Did you know this is how you can figure it out? This is one of the major things. Did it line up with God's word? 
did it line up with God's word? So, let's say Connor and I are hanging out and Connor hurts my feelings and then I hear a voice in my head that says, don't forgive him. Okay, do I go, oh, that was God telling me not to forgive him ever again and to hate him. Okay, clearly not. Okay, why? But how do you know? You heard that voice in your head. You want to know why? doesn't line up with God's word. God's word might not be the only revelation of all the ways God has moved, but it is the standard by which we judge all revelation. This helps you interpret and understand things. As well, everybody say as well. I always say as well and also. And so, this is how you're able to understand God's heart, even if you don't necessarily hear his voice. So, for example... If your parents say to you that you cannot skip school ever, how many of you are like, your parents are like, you will be grounded till you're married until if you skip school, all right? And you go to school, all right? And you're sitting in class and one of your friends goes, hey, we should skip school. We should skip our last couple classes. And you're like, heck no, my parents will kill me. Did your parents walk into that class and tell you, you can't skip? No. They did, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, but what actually happened was this. Think about this for a minute. You heard something in the past. You knew their heart. So even though they didn't necessarily speak it in that moment, you knew how to act on it even without hearing their voice necessarily. Did you know it's the same thing with God's word? So here's a situation. You know, you walk down the street and you see someone who is poor, you see someone hurting, or just someone who needs prayer, and you're like, God, should I pray for them? It's like, you know, God has already spoken that we should, so you don't necessarily need to hear that. doesn't mean that God doesn't speak in moments like that, but when you understand your Father's heart, you can act on it, even if he doesn't necessarily speak directly in revelation in that moment, because he has spoken, and the Holy Spirit's within you to equip you to be able to do whatever is in front of you. That's the beauty of knowing God's word in front of you as well. The last point I just want to make um, this morning, I'm going to invite Lane um, and the team back up. But it's this one. This is, this is more about the walk. The more you listen to his counsel, the more you will see God at work and the more that you'll hear his voice. I want you to think about this. Hearing God's voice and knowing God's heart is not just an informational thing whatsoever. It's a trust thing at its core. Because God is speaking to us. I believe that God speaks to us more than we could ever imagine in our day-to-day. But it's a matter of not only listening, but trusting. That's why I want you to look at this passage with me. What are the first words of it? If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an advocate to help you and be with you forever. Later down, he says... Um, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and he will come to them and make our home with them. It's not saying that I will only love you if you obey my commands. That's not what God is saying in the moment. What God is saying is if you really want to see me at work in your life, then you need to trust me when I speak something to you. Imagine for a minute if Carissa and I in our marriage, I was like, Honey, what should I do in this? And Carissa gives me advice, and I'm like, wow, you spoke to me. And I go, but I'm not going to do any of it. 
How do you think that would work after a while if I kept looking her in the face and going, you know what, I'm not going to take any of your advice and I'll give all these excuses to her. I can't do it because of this, this, and this, and this. It's going to provide quite a strain on our relationship. We're not going to grow anymore, but do you think after a while she's going to think I'm going to listen to her at all if I'm continuing to ignore her? Her voice will continue to get smaller and smaller, but let me tell you something in this. That this is why it's so important to obey God's voice because the more that you're obedient, the more that you trust that voice in front of you, even if it's hard, even when there are plenty of excuses and reasons why not to, that the voice only gets more clear in your life. That God is more seen in your life. That's why he says, I will show myself to them the more that you trust them. See, there's power in that. But the more that you say, you know what, God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Unfortunately, God's voice is just going to continue to get smaller because you're not trained to listen to it. You're not trained to trust that voice at all in your heart. And that's where this is the journey of the day-to-day. The more you walk with God, the more you trust Him, the closer you're going to get to Him. Like any other relationship in 